Well, hello, welcome back to the Pulpit Pew Podcast and this week's Adult Bible Studies. We continue our series on the parables, and this week we are talking about the subject of prayer. And so we're just going to dive right into the study. We're going to be in Luke chapter 18, starting in verse number one. Let's talk about prayer. All right, let's go to Luke chapter 18. Luke 18 for today's parable. And I think you're going to. I think you may be familiar with this, maybe not, but for some of you, you will be. I actually, at the beginning of the year, you may remember we did a series in the beginning of the year. Now, this is almost a year ago, so I'm not ha- I don't have any expectations, but does anyone remember what our church series was at the beginning of the year? I spoke one or two of them. My brother spoke, my dad, I think Matthew was on there. Does anybody remember that beginning? It was Sunday nights, so if you're not here on Sunday nights, you probably won't remember it was on prayer. Very good, Ryan. Well done, Ryan. All right. Power of prayer. No candy. If I had candy. As a matter of fact, I almost reached into my pocket. I'm just used to used to do that in the past, giving candy out. So we talked about the power of prayer. And one of the messages I spoke on was from another passage in Luke when it talks about persistence in prayer. And this is a passage that is similar to that with some different applications, but it's it's one on prayer. And when I was kind of laying out the ideas for some of the different parables, I wanted to pick this one so we revisit our theme of prayer towards the end of the year. Because we started the year really emphasizing prayer in our church. And so I, I wanted to kind of get close to closing it out, talking again about prayer. And I always love this parable. It's, and, and so let's kind of look at the first verse in chapter 18, verse 1. It says, And he spake a parable unto them... <laughs> To this end, and so he's going to give the whole reason for this parable right here. He says that men ought always to pray and not to faint. That is the heart behind this parable. He wants you and I to learn, even thousands of years later, his disciples in the immediate, that we ought always to pray, number one, and number two, don't faint. So for a quick second, let's just break those two phrases down. How can you and I be in obedience to the first part how can we always be in a spirit of prayer does that mean that we kind of constantly be on our knees constantly talking to god i I don't know that that's true or none of us would be listening to me right now we would all be in a spirit of meditation and prayer or something like that you would never get any work done you never get any family time done so it's not that but we do know there's other verses like in first thessalonians 5 17 which says pray without ceasing so what does it mean to always pray always couple of thoughts on that just quickly to get us started out of this gate before we get to the parable. I think we always have to be in the spirit of prayer. By that I mean we ought to be ready and right with God so we can pray in any moment. And so if there's sin in our lives that we know there's sin and we're not dealing with that sin and we're harboring this and we're not ready to pray to God. We got to start out with confessing and dealing with that sin and then pray. Be in a spirit of prayer where you're ready to come to God at any time. But then I think secondly you ought to be willing to come to God at any time. There, there's different forms of prayer throughout the Bible. There's, there is some corporate prayer where you, we may, I could say, hey, as a class, let's just spend some time in prayer. And we somewhat did that in a minute. I led in prayer, but no one else really prayed out loud. There's corporate prayer where multiple people will pray at different times. You may have a lot of people praying at once out loud. It gets kind of jumbled, but if you go to the South, 
That's how they do it a lot. They'll all be in a room like this and say, hey, let's just pray. And everybody starts praying out loud. And it just sounds like you're speaking in tongues. You're not. It's just a lot of voices praying out loud. And God understands it. God hears it. Some do it that way. But then there's the private time of prayer when you're at home and you're alone in your house. And there's some passages Jesus talks about go into your closet. And it doesn't mean you literally have to go into your closet, but have a place where you pray. I'll talk about this uh, I talk about this often you know, on my podcast and things, and I will be again soon, but you ought to have your own personal time of prayer where you just say, hey, this is where I kind of go to get away and pray. For some of you, maybe in your car while you're driving. That's where you can get away from your kids and where you can get away from everything and just have some quiet time. Maybe some of you in the evening, you can get away to an office or while you're taking a walk, you can spend some time in prayer, but there's private time of prayer. And that's maybe some scheduled time of prayer. But this praying always... It would include all of that, but it also would be that it may just be that you have a thought that comes to your mind. And wherever you are, just pray about it. Just give it to God. It doesn't always have to be as formal as we like to think it does. So I could be driving to work and think about Don and his situation, which has happened the last couple of weeks, and I can just whisper a prayer to God. I like to pray out loud in my car. So if you drive by me, I'm going to look like the weird guy talking to himself, but I'm probably praying. I like to pray out loud. It just helps me focus. It helps me. To, and so I don't do it at home. Michelle would look at me weird. I just don't. I, I do it in my car while I'm driving a lot of times. So I'll just talk out loud, wrestle through things with God. But when I do, it's not formal. It's not like a thought comes to my mind about Don. I say, okay, dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for and get all my things. No, no, no. I just start talking about it just like I would be talking to you. I'm reverent, though. I still think you need to be reverent. I think you need to be respectful. And so those are some times of just always prayer. Now, when I have my personal time, at other times, there's, it is very reverent. You do come to God with praise and worship and then, and then lead into prayers. I don't, there's nothing against that. But what I'm saying is, when he says to that men ought always to pray, it does include corporate, it does include your personal time of worship, but it also means just sometimes you just start talking to God. Because God loves you. And so we, we sometimes look at God as such a distant God and then we don't want to mess up the words that we say. You can't mess up with God. God just wants you to talk to Him. You don't have to have the these and thous when you pray. Just talk to God. So number one, He said well, He want men to always to pray. But then the second part of that He says, and He's going to give an illustration, but not to faint. Don't get discouraged and don't quit. Why do people get discouraged and quit? Well, sometimes because they overthink their prayers. Sometimes they just think they have to be, and I've already talked about it, they think they have to be so perfect that they get discouraged and they just don't pray. And really just talk to God. It does. We overthink sometimes our prayers. And you may say, well, I don't do that. Well, there are people, there are many overthinkers, and they overthink everything. And I remember a guy coming to my office one time when I was pastoring, and he say, how do I pray? And I said, just talk to God. He said, well, you know, I, I got to make sure I start right and I finish right and do. And he was trying to overanalyze everything. I go, how about just do like you're doing with me right now? Just talk to God. Be reverent. You know, there's those people who say, hey, what's up, God? How are you doing? I don't know that God's into what's up and things like that. Be reverent, but just talk to God. I do think there's ways to honor him and, and begin a prayer at times, but I don't think God is up in heaven going, I don't like how you started that prayer. God just wants you to talk to him. God loves you. And so sometimes we, we faint because we, we, we overthink it. Sometimes we faint because of God's delays. 
And we're going to get into that in a minute. But sometimes we get discouraged because we don't see an answer. And we've prayed about something and we don't see the answer. And so we start to get discouraged. And I wrote down some notes before about why do we keep on asking, which we're going to see, and what happens. And, and sometimes God will wait because he wants to test our faith. Let me just give you a few things that I wrote down here. Sometimes he'll cause us to wait. For, it's for our own growth. It's for our own growth because he, he, causes, he wants us to cling to his promises. It's a matter of faith when there's an obstacle or when, there's a, when, when you feel like God isn't listening, but you continue to pray. And, and it's a matter of growing our faith. And the, a lot of times God's delays are a matter of developing our faith. I started to think about, and I wrote down somewhere else, I started to think about some people that had some times to wait in the Bible. Think about Joseph. Did Joseph have to wait for a while? He had to wait in a prison cell. He got forgotten. He was forgotten for two years. He had to, he had to wait in, in slavery. But eventually, he didn't know what was going to happen, but God brought him to a situation. I'm sure for those 13 years that he was a slave, he was praying. I'm sure there were times when he's saying, God, I don't understand what's going on. I hadn't done anything. My brothers did this. It's all their fault. God, I was just serving you. You even gave me dreams 13 years ago that my brothers and my parents would be bowing down to me. Why am I in this situation? I'm sure he prayed for 13 years, and eventually the, prayer, the answer came. Took some time. Increased his faith. Worked in him. A lot of times those delays are more about working on us than it is God getting everything in position. God is developing our faith. Philip Brooks said this. He said, prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It's not that God is reluctant. And we're going to see that in this parable. This judge was reluctant. It's not that God is reluctant. It's, it's laying a hold, he says, of the highest willingness of God. He said, persistence in prayer is not an attempt to change God's mind. But it's getting ourselves in the place where he can trust us with the answer. And a lot of times we're not ready for that answer. So number one, God may be delaying it, and I'm going to get to the parable, but I'm just setting you up about this fainting because we get so discouraged and quit. But it may be that God is delaying for our own growth. But number two, God may be doing it to reveal our true motives. Sometimes we're praying, not, it's, it's not to God, but it's to us, and waiting can reveal our heart. We're praying not for necessarily something for God, but we're praying very selfishly. Remember James says that when we're going to pray, we're not to ask amiss, that we may consume it upon our own lust. Sometimes our prayers are selfish, and we're just praying this because we want it, and we want things changed so my life will be better. And God says, hey, I'm getting a lot of glory from what you're going through. Life's not about you. The Christian life is about denying myself and glorifying God. And so sometimes my prayers can be very selfish. And, and, and then the delay, it's revealing my true motives and then bringing me back to growth. As I've already mentioned, these all kind of go together. But the, the delay may be to increase my faith. If I never had to wait, there'd be no reason to trust God. If I never had to wait, why trust God? If the moment I said, God, I want this, God does it. Why do I need to trust him? It just comes. And I never learned to grow and depend upon Him. And so it may be to increase my faith, and it may be to instill some appreciation in us. Waiting causes us to appreciate the answer more. Hence, waiting may be, give us the opportunity to glorify God more. So what I'm trying to say in the opening, and then I'm going to get it to the parable, is this. Don't get discouraged. It's so easy to get discouraged. We get discouraged because we feel like, I just don't know how. You don't have to be a scholarly Christian to pray. Just talk to God. 
you, you don't have to, and don't get discouraged because you've seen no answer yet. It doesn't mean you're praying wrong. It doesn't mean something. It may just be that God is preparing you and growing you and teaching you or, or, or waiting to get to you more glory. So then the, the question sometimes comes back to me is, well, then you, do we just stop praying and whatever God's going to do is going to do? No, no, no. God teaches us to, he, we ought to always pray. That's the first point. Always pray. But if God's not going to answer for 13 years, why do I keep praying? It's working in you. It's working in you. And God tells us to always pray and not to faint. Okay, now let's go to the parable. Verse 2, he says this, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. Sounds like a great guy, huh? So this judge didn't care about God, didn't really care about man. Just This guy sounds like a fun guy to hang out with at a party, huh? Invite him to your Christmas party. He didn't care about God. He didn't care about man. Verse 3, and there was a widow in that city, and she came at him saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. The widow is an interesting person that he, he puts in this parable because a widow in Bible times was overlooked. A widow in Bible times didn't really matter to your average person. Today, through maybe right or right in many ways, I'm not saying this negative, but women's rights and women's and everything is very protected person now. I mean, you have, but in the Bible times for a widow woman, they were like no one. They, they, they didn't have the feminist movement back then. They didn't have all that stuff. You were overlooked. If your husband died, you were going to be poor and you were going to have basically nothing. You had no rights. And so, for this, so for him to use this widow woman, she was hopeless, she was, she was discarded, she was, in a sense, a no one. And so she was, but she had been taken advantage of in some way. And so she was trying to get to the judge to make a decision for her. It's not going to happen. He already doesn't care about God, and he doesn't care about man, and then you're a widow who was overlooked in that culture in that time not going to matter. That's why, by the way, later on the church, you remember when Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, take care of the widows. He said, you make sure those widows are taken care of. The widows indeed, and in all of 1 Timothy chapter 3, 4, and them, he's talking about taking care of the widows because they were overlooked in the society back then. But God still cared for the people that were overlooked back then, by the way. So, but this widow, she, so she goes and says, avenge me of my adversary. And he says he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man. Thank you for reminding of that, Judge. Yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. It's like a little kid at the store, right? Just coming and coming and coming and coming. That's what she was doing. And, and the, this parable is setting up to show that there was this judge. Don't fall into the trap. The judge is not a picture of God. This is not a comparison parable. This is a contrast. And I'm going to show you that in a second. A lot of times we look at parables and stuff in the Bible as a comparison. Oh, this equals this. No, no, no. This is contrasted with God. This judge didn't care about humans, didn't care about this widow, but he was just so annoyed by her continually coming. He said, okay, listen, what is your problem? I'm going to take care of it so I never have to see you again. That's basically what he said to her. And the Lord said, and here he transitions from that parable, and the Lord said, hear what this unjust judge saith. And then he makes the contrast. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry 
day and night unto him, though he bear long with him. I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. There's a contrast here. The first contrast is between this judge and God. This judge, as I've already emphasized, did not care about God, did not care about man. He really just didn't care. On the other side, we have God, a heavenly father who loves us, who cares for us, who's compassionate towards us. He cares about our needs. He cares about our burdens. He's overwhelmed. Uh, he knows when we're overwhelmed and, he's, he, and he cares for those situations that are causing us to feel overwhelmed. That's the contrast here. This judge wasn't even going to listen. God's, our, God's ears are always open to our prayers. And But then the other contrast I see here that's not as prevalent people don't talk about as much as that widow versus us the widow had no rights she had really no support she was i i don't mean it in a mean way but she was a nobody and you and i may say okay that's us though we're a nobody well no we're christians now we're in the family of god we have the right the riches of christ according to ephesians chapter number two so we are in a different position than that widow was. That widow came to someone that didn't care for her. We are coming to a God who does care for us. We're coming to a heavenly father. If I'm walking through Walmart, which is already a bad day if I am, okay, but if I'm walking through Walmart and some little brat kid that I've never seen in my life comes running up to me, grabs my hand and says, hey, sir, will you buy me this toy? You know what I'm going to say? No. Go find your mom and dad. I'm sorry, I'll help you get to your mom and dad, but I'm not buying you a toy. And they're like, hey, buy me that Oculus. It's $400. I have, a, I have, I have somewhat of a kind heart. It's there, believe it or not, it's there. So if they wanted a piece of candy, I may look at Shell and say, let's get this little kid a piece of candy just to get him out of here maybe, all right? I may do that. But if they wanted a $400 Oculus, I'm gonna laugh and say, not a chance am I gonna get you this kid. Go back and find your parents. I don't even know who you are. Now, if Elijah came up to me with his dimples and said, Hey, Dad, if he asked for the Oculus, he's probably not going to get it still. So that may have been a bad start to my illustration. But if he said, Hey, Dad, do you think I could get this? And I don't know that he really needs it. But Shell's not around me. And I said, You know what, buddy? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we'll see Chris. No, he can get anything. His dimples, get, she'll buy him anything. But... He comes, in, he comes in and says, Dad, do you think I could get this? He's got a lot better chance than some kid I've never seen before. Why? Because he's mine. And I love that kid to death. So the contrast here is that judge had no relationship with her. He didn't care about that widow. When we come to God, we come to our Heavenly Father, who we're told in Romans we can call Abba Father. He's our Father. And He doesn't look down on us with judgment or hatred. He looks down on us with love. He looks down on us with compassion. And so he's saying, how much more should we continue to pray and continue to ask God? And it's not in a sense of annoying God. She, someone to look at this and say, well, she got what she wanted because she annoyed this judge. And so we'll get what we wanted if we just continue to annoy God. Number one, it's not annoying to God to continue to come. But number two, it wasn't, it wasn't her persistence in this story necessarily that got her what she wanted. Because notice what he said at the end. Shall we, shall we find such faith on this earth? You know what that lady, she persisted against everything that her culture said. You're a widow. Keep your mouth shut. You're, you're a widow. Don't even apply. Don't even try to talk to the judge. 
but she persisted. Against every obstacle she faced, she continued to ask. And here's what I think this parable in some ways is teaching us. You and I who already have access to a loving Heavenly Father, we need to overcome and not faint when we get discouraged. Well, things aren't just... here Because here's what happens in life with many Christians. Well, things aren't going well right now, and I just... And I'll say, have you spent any time in prayer? Well, no. Why? We can't persist through a bad day to pray to a God who loves us, who wants us to pray. Many of us just faint and we don't even pray. And, and maybe you've been there because I've been there. So I'm saying this as, as an experienced veteran in this. I'll find myself at times and I'll be like, I've went all day or maybe a couple of days and I haven't really spent any time in what I call focused prayer and then I wonder why it feels like everything's falling apart. I haven't even talked to God. But yet here's a woman in this story who had no right to do what she did, who was going to have every opposition against her, but she still came and still came and still came. And I have every good reason to come to my Heavenly Father, but I faint and quit and don't. So that's what I think the heart of this parable is. He's saying to you and I, hey, always have a spirit of prayer. Always come to God in prayer and don't faint. Don't get discouraged. Don't quit. Though there is a spiritual battle that goes on all the time. If prayer is effective, and it is, we've seen it over history, we've seen it through the Bible, I'm sure you've seen it in your life, God answers prayer. Do you think that Satan knows that God answers prayer? And we know that there's a satanic battle that happens when we pray. In Daniel chapter 9, it talks about Daniel was, had prayed, and while three, three and a half weeks went by and he saw no answer, and when the angel came, is an interesting dialogue back and forth. But he says, hey, we heard back when you prayed. But there's been this, and I'm, I'm majorly paraphrasing here, but we were hindered by Satan. There's been a wrestling match going on in the answer to your prayer. So there is something cool that happens when you pray that we can't see. It would be really neat if we could see. But right now, I think, even as I opened up this time in prayer, not because I was praying, but we were praying for this place that's going to have a lot of people come today that probably are unsaved. And I have no idea that when, when that prayer went up, all of the wrestling match that took place that we couldn't see. Some of you were thinking about dinner. Some of you were thinking about this. And meanwhile, over top of your head, there was a spiritual battle going on and wrestling around. We have no idea. Now, I'm, 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 I'm making light of it a little bit, but I'm saying there is a wrestling match that goes on every time you pray. And so don't be surprised when you're like, oh, I just don't know why I'm struggling to remember to pray. Well, there's a wrestling match. Prayer is powerful. You, know, you say, I don't know why I get so discouraged and quit. Because there's a wrestling match. And Satan, and, and God knows that's why he's telling his disciples, hey, you ought to always pray and don't faint. Don't get discouraged. Keep this promise and this thought in your mind that God answers prayer. God wants to hear your prayer. And you need to come to God. And that's why he says, I think in verse number 8, when he says, nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on earth. Faith is always tied to prayer because it's faith that causes us to even come to a God we cannot see. It's faith that causes us to believe that the God that we cannot see will answer a prayer request that we think is impossible. But we must pray. And when you pray, you've got to wait. Think about Joshua. Joshua got an answer from God. He said, hey, here's what we're going to do. You're going to march around that Jericho every day one time. And then on the last day, you're going to march around it seven times, total of 13 times. 
then you're going to shout and blow your trumpets and you're going to win the battle. Now, is that a strategy that you ever take in battle? That just sounds crazy. But God said, do that. And so he trusted what God had said. And so I just imagine that first day he gets up to his army and he says, hey guys, everybody gather around. Here's what we're going to do. They're all gathered around and ready. I mean, they're just, you just just picture these soldiers like snorting like horses. I mean, I just picture them like mean and tough. Like, all right, let's just go in there and let's just get them. Hey, all we're going to do today, guys, here, gather around story time, guys. Here's what we're going to do. We're just going to march around this. Look real tough, but all we're going to do is march around. Don't say a word. What? Yeah. And then come back home. We're just going to have dinner and go to bed. What? Day two. All right, now we're going to let him have it. What's it going to be? Hey, guys, come here, come here. All we're going to do, same thing as yesterday. Just, just march around. What? Then they get to the last day, and they're thinking, are we, this, is, this guy, he's losing his mind. What are we doing? Hey, we're going to march around seven times today. Wait, what? We're getting our steps in today? What's going on? Seven times, and on the last time, here's what we're going to do. Oh, yeah, here it is. We're going to blow our trumpets and shout. They're already laughing at us on the wall. What are we doing? But just, this is what God said. And when they did it, they won a battle that we're still talking about thousands of years later. Why? Because they trusted God. It was faith. And you and I, we're not walking around a wall or anything like that, but God says to us in the Bible, hey, do you have a burden that's beyond what you think could ever be done? Just pray. Give it to me. Let me take care of it. One of my favorite verses, Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask. If it stopped there, it'd be great. But or even think. He's able, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above anything I ask or think according to the power that lieth in us. So he is able to do this. That is the promise. But you and I have to continue to come and not faint. And when we face obstacles like this widow did... We need to overcome those obstacles. She says, I don't care what culture says, I'm going to that judge. I don't care what the, the, probably the people stopping me to get to that judge, I'm going to that judge, and I'm going to that judge, and I'm going to that judge. And finally he said, listen, just give her what she wants. How much more for you and I to say, God, my heart's broken. And God looks down who loves you and says, just keep asking, trust me. But God, my heart's broken, trust me. God, here's my burden again. God will answer. we got to trust Him. Now, He says speedily here, and sometimes God answers pretty fast. Other times, for reasons that I've already laid out, He makes us wait. But either way, God says, pray. So I'm going to ask you this, and then I'll just be done. I want you to think through this. Don't answer it out loud. Just think. How's your prayer life? Right now, as we close on December 11th, how's your prayer life? Would you say that you are battling through different obstacles like this woman and coming to God? Or would you say, you know what, I don't even remember the last time I've had some focused prayer. You may say, I've whispered some prayers here and there as I'm running around, and I'm glad for that. I do think that's the spirit of always being in prayer. But have you had any time of prayer? And then the second question I would ask you this is, what is your plan for 2023? Are you going to just continue where you are? Maybe you're doing good. You continue as you are. Great. Or are you going to search out a time and a place to say, hey, I need to get alone and spend some time in prayer. Maybe go to your spouse and say, I'm not getting any alone time to pray. And don't use it as a way to get away from your spouse, all right? That's selfish prayers, all right? Just say, hey, can, can you make a way for me to have 10 minutes so I can go walk or so I can just go to this room and just spend some time in prayer? I want to get consistent in this. Just make some time 
to pray. One of the greatest prayer warriors of my life was my grandma, who's no longer with us. My grandpa, who's always in there crazy and, and stirring stuff up, Perry. Behind the crazy man, Perry, my grandpa was my grandma. And she was a prayer warrior. And probably of all the things I remember, the, the first word that would come to my mouth when I think of her was prayer. She was a prayer warrior. And she prayed and prayed. And even during my time when I was at college in Florida, she would say, hey, I'm praying for you, Bradley. Every time I heard her, I'm praying for you. And I knew it. And then when I went up to Michigan, she would always, every time I see her, hey, I'm praying for you. And I knew she was. And then when I was, wherever I would be, she'd say, I'm praying for you. We knew her as a prayer warrior. Probably Becca would say the same. We knew her as a prayer warrior. And I remember when she died, I thought, boy, there goes someone that prays for me all the time. There goes a prayer warrior. And your family needs prayer warriors. Your kids need a prayer warrior. Your spouse needs you to be a prayer warrior. And in our country needs us to be prayer warriors. Prayer works, but we just don't pray. And that's why I think Jesus said here, we ought always to pray. Don't faint, don't give up, don't quit. And maybe so far in 2022, you've given up, you've quit, you, you don't pray like, you, you, I mean, you whisper some so you can check it off and say, hey, I, I pray God. No. God is your heavenly father, not an angry judge. God is in heaven waiting to hear your prayer and answer your prayer. But we've got to bring a request to him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this right here.